0: Play the fucking intro.
1: This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. This is episode 118. We're 20 more from 138. And we are uh, 18 from 100. Our-
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) In between. Somewhere. All right. So, episode 118, this episode is unique because we have an interview. I did an interview with uh, Jeff of Divided Heaven. Stay tuned later in the episode. I'm going to talk more about that, and you'll hear the interview. But first up, we got a bunch of new music, Uh, a lot of great stuff coming out. One that came out on the 13th, I originally missed it, had a chance to come across it. It is the Backstreet Girls. What? Normal is Dangerous. So if you haven't heard of Backstreet Girls, definitely go check out the Backstreet Girls. They have multiple albums. Uh, Normal is Dangerous, heard a couple tracks. It's pretty cool.
0: Definitely want to check it out. I feel like I've heard of this band before, but I think it was older, and I think they were all boys. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> you are on the right path.
1: Uh, Suspense Heroes Syndicate came out with The Mary seven inch on September fourteenth. Numbskulls with Jagged Rocks on September fourteenth. Marco Bruiser with From Another Time September fourteenth. Bagare with demo on September fifteenth. Never learn. We want more. September eighteenth. Stay tuned later in the episode for Never Learn. I will <laughs> never learn. Alright, the Beater's Band with the Black Christmas EP, September 18th. It's never too early for Christmas music, right?
0: (laughs) (sighs) Depends on the Christmas music.
1: Uh, Well, the Beater's Band, if you've tuned in, I think I played them on uh, the Punkanoi Worldwide Italy episode. They do a lot of covers, and so there's three covers, but there's one that I think is a little bit different, or it's not your traditional Christmas song. Haven't had much of a chance to check it out to decipher, but... It's Christmas music, it's coming We'll get to some Halloween music first We're going to do some horror punk A.K.A. Halloween Or, you know, there's a, there's definitely a line between But sometimes they blur together when it comes to that Punk music in October
0: Just do an episode with With every band who has covered Misfits Halloween <laughs> Just That's just the entire And then episode. we'll vote
1: on who did it best <laughs> That's what the episode will be called Who uh, did it best Snuff with There's A Lot Of It About came out on September 20th. That's really good. I actually heard one of the tracks the other day, too. Definitely want to check out more. That's on Fat Records. Hangman with One By One out on September 20th. If you're still a fan of Blink-182, they came out with Nine on September 20th. Especially Uh,
0: after that last album they put out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Dirty Neal put out... Idiot Victory single on September 20th. Selfish Things put out logos on September 20th. Love this one right here. See You, Space Cowboy, all one word. That's the band name. And you definitely should check them out. I've heard previous music, but I'm looking forward to hearing stuff off of their album, The Correlation Between Entrance and Exit Wounds. That's September 27th. Stone Lions with Necking On and Kicking Off, September 27th. No Parents with the Middle Ground EP, September 27th. Street Outlaws. Wrapping up the September 27th releases with self-titled Street Outlaws. I'm sure I missed a ton of shit, so make sure you let me know. I say wrapping that up, and I bet there's like 50 other things coming out on the 27th. So let us know. Last couple we're going to go across <laughs> is Lagwagon with Railer October 4th. The Eradicator with Peak Eradicator October 4th. And Box Jellies with Smack on October 4th. There's always a ton of stuff. I'm always coming across just like... Uh, the Backstreet Girls, I could have been talking about that like a month ago, but right? <laughs> just came across it this past week. So when we miss stuff, let us know. Happy to get it added to the list. Definitely want to check it out. Uh, definitely some other cool stuff uh, coming up. I just got a few messages shortly before I got here. Didn't have a chance to thoroughly go through to include stuff, but I'll get that added on to the next episode. But in the meantime, we are going to play some new music. I've been talking plenty. Eric, You talk.
0: Okay, so I remember last week we were talking a little bit about the new Tiger Army release and about how I kind of have blown it off the past few weeks of listening to it. Well, I finally sat my ass down in my car, specifically, (laughs) because I was was doing my day job where I listened to a lot of music in my car, and I was like, finally, I'm going to listen to the new Tiger Army LP, and it's pretty good. I'm not gonna say it blew me away because the last time I listened to Tiger Army was the uh I can never remember the title, but it came out in like two thousand five okay. and that was like you know peak Psychobilly for me, right of which psychobilly was not a huge uh, not a huge genre that I got into, but Tiger Army was a band that I always found myself going back to, especially that one record, and I was like, okay, let's see what they have to offer in here, and this one. It's, it's still got the psychobilly sound, still got that '50s twang to it, with their like a, uh, their bit ominous, dark presence to it. Um, but for the most part, the album is pretty slowed down, pretty subdued. It's kind of a, it's kind of got a lot of balladry going on. And I chose this one, "Eyes of the Night," because it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of their punk grit to it, cool. and it's uh, actually one of the standout tracks because it's one of the fastest tracks. And I was expecting more of that on this, uh, the tiger army album retro retro air, future retro future yes <laughs> air pockets my bad <laughs> <laughs> so yeah eyes of the night was a yeah great track it's hyphy and it's it definitely leaves a mark
1: <laughs> cool well uh, it was released september 13th uh, all our new releases this time are september releases uh they're from la they're doing a tour of the u.s canada england germany austria and mexico city for retro future starts this month september and goes through december So, look them up if you want to go check them out. Uh, This is their second release on Lunatone and Rise Records. It's their sixth release, full length anyway, overall.
0: of the night tiger army oh yeah arguably probably not the best representation of that album as i said a lot of them are more uh, on the slower side but sure. still still a great track nonetheless
1: uh we I, I was alluding to you know at least one episode but during uh october i was going to call it during halloween during october uh <laughs> play some horror punk some halloween theme songs and as I say, those kind of go hand in hand. But so does psychobilly. There's a lot of great psychobilly oh, that yeah. kind of is that horror punk theme, and we're definitely going to be playing uh, some psychobilly during that month. Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to Stellar Corpses making their way here in November. Uh, they are going to be here on November 13th on a Wednesday, so I'm really looking forward to checking out Stellar Corpses. Speaking of psychobilly. Tiger Army, uh, I think they were coming to Salt Lake. I forget the date. I should already know that, but uh, maybe they're not. Maybe that's why I don't have it offhand. Man, no, they. I Either way,
0: came recently. I think that was a thing.
1: Yeah, I think maybe it was just this last week or so. Anyway, they're, they're yeah. doing this long tour. You know, uh, like I said, U.S., Canada, England, Germany, Austria, Mexico City, pretty much uh, all of North America plus England, Germany, and Austria. Uh, from September, they've already been got going, and up through December, they're going to be busy. Awesome. <laughs> You're going to have a chance to check them out. You might have to drive a little bit, but maybe you won't. Maybe it'll be your hometown. Yeah, hopefully. Check out Tiger Army.
0: Certainly doing well for themselves.
1: Yes. Uh, that was a shorter track. That was a minute 21. We're going to jump into another shorter track. So I picked a couple newer releases that came out in September 2. Uh, just listening to, you know, as much as I, I can, I, I try to listen to a lot of those new albums, at least a, you know a track or two, get a feel for what it is. And I came across a couple that were released in September. First off is School Drugs. I'd been talking about them and their release, which was Modern Medicine. This track's called Nervous Eyes. Came out September 13th. The band's from New Jersey. This track's one minute, 36 seconds long. Here it goes. All right. Slowdown that was there, and then it was kind of a gradual pickup for the ending. Pretty cool, I like
0: incredible. <laughs> reminded me a lot about uh, Nightbirds. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah. Just fast, get in, get out, and hopefully leave your vocal cords ruptured.
1: Right? <laughs> School Drugs is cool band. Uh, again, I hadn't heard of them before. You know, I saw that the release was coming. Start mentioning on the release, and I try to listen to stuff as much as I can uh especially checking out new stuff that's one of the greatest parts about doing this show is that i intentionally invest time into checking out more stuff to hopefully share with everybody else who may not have enough time to check out all the new stuff so without further ado we're going to play one more new track for this episode and it is never learn they're from ulu finland ulu (laughs) yes uh just mentioned them when we were talking about the new tracks came out september 18th so just this last week and the album's called we want more i went with the title track we want more That is Never Learn from Ulu,
0: Finland. Ulu, Finland. Got, sounds, a, sounds like if a Teenage Bottle Rocket wrote longer songs. <laughs> <laughs> right? You got a bit of that uh, Ramon Core vibe to it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, just a cool skate punk
1: band there. Uh, new release. Just uh, September 18th. About a week old. Not even that yet. Wow. <laughs> so uh, just, a, just a year. Yes, uh, go check it out. So we want more. We're going to do some older, lesser-known tracks. We're going to stay over there in that Scandinavian area of Europe with your, your mm. pick. So what do you
0: have? Well, we're going right next door to Sweden from Malmo, Sweden. We have a crust punk D-beat band from, uh, from Malmo, known only by Ursut. Ursut. Sweet. Ursut. Now I came across these guys they uh, uh, like I did with most of most new punk music for a time it was uh, slug magazine they gave me this record to review and I fell in love with it from the get-go nice. <laughs> it was it was loud it was dissonant it was also melodic at certain points it was heavy and the entire album as you would probably expect was sung in Swedish absolutely so with with the exception of very few lines you know they were just like singing in their mother's tongue. Kind of like uh the Ramstein of crust punk.
1: <laughs> the album's called
0: Cope Dig Like which is uh go. which translates out to buy your own happiness.
1: Buy your own happiness. So
0: yeah, the album itself it's riddled with themes of, you know, far left politics, you know, anti-capitalist, anti-fascist themes and also the idea of <clears throat> the the idea of rebellion and trying to rise up ag- along the uh Rise up against your the far right politics that sure. are just trying to suppress us and keep us down. <laughs> so yeah, a lot a lot of common themes that run in the punk rock web as far as Sweden goes, but honestly their sound is definitely I don't know, it's chilling at times. Especially in the first track that we're playing, uh Den Yetra Dagen Which I had I had it pulled up here, it translates to the last day the last day the, it's last the longer day. of the
1: two tracks this one's almost twice as long as the next one this was yeah. 408 the next one is 212
0: yes it's actually the uh, opener of the album so it's got a lot of these weird sound effects that are coming in like right here right <laughs> it just sounds like you're in the inside of some industrialized building just kind of kind of building up the ambiance before the actual music comes in it's definitely a Definitely nice to see that the art of the album intro is still alive in punk and hardcore music. All right? Because no matter what you do, you want to bring people in. You want to get a feel. It's kind of like the opening credits. Right. Of of Setting the album.
1: tone. You know. Exactly. A lot of albums are a story, one way or another. Yeah, Whether it makes sense over. to us as a story or not, people that wrote it telling some sort of a story, and uh, the, the intro there sets the tone.
0: Yeah, and it just gets better.
1: Well, this well, is, re- you know, like you were talking about, it's, it, it's, uh, you know, what it's discussing is still relevant. It's new. Not new, because mm-hmm. it came out July of 2016, but it's still, uh, you know, newer.
0: Yeah. Definitely evolved. <laughs> yes. Well, what was this? How do you pronounce that again? Den Yitzera Yitzera Dagen. There you go.
1: First yeah. one. Next one's a bit shorter like I said. How do you pronounce that and do you have
0: the translation? Asiktens yutag. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And to the best Google Translate, they say it means socket outlet. Socket outlet. Huh? Socket outlet. i <laughs> That's what it came up with. I think there's um, something
1: lost in translation there. Probably,
0: because I don't know, it just sounds a little redundant. Maybe it means something it means something of more relevance. Holds a bit more valor in the Swedish language, but I'm not familiar with the Swedish language, so I couldn't say. But. Well, it sounds great when these guys are singing it, so we'll listen to some socket
1: outlet or whatever it may. Be. Right? It's a brutal language, the Swedes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was cool. Uh very fast. Hard like you said. They just get in there, get after it. It was very funny listening to these guys the last week cuz uh I I told you you yeah, know, I'm moving into a new place and part of this is like uh buying new furniture. So constant trips to and from IKEA. <laughs> and in between that, I'm listening to Ursa. I'm like, yeah, the Swedes are more than just abba and ikea right it's
1: thematic (laughs) you should have that on like on your phone while you're walking around in there and just say you're setting the tone yeah putting some swedish music on when you're going into ikea right (laughs) (laughs) all right well this band right here uh older lesser known if you're familiar with them they're kind of la atlanta maybe more specifically atlanta but either way it's the it's illiterates they came out with an album called Make Out Mountain on September 7th of 2018. Uh, that's where I'm playing this track from. It's called Mayonnaise Elbow. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it was just, that came out of left field, right? <laughs> I was not expecting that title, but all right.
1: Mayonnaise Elbow. I uh, just want to put out there, though, uh, they did recently. So on June 14th of this year. They put out Goddamn Gun-Toting Junkie Camaro Enthusiasts. <laughs> That's the name of the album. So go check them out. If you like this, uh, check out Illiterates. Again, mayonnaise elbow. digging that kind of you know fuzz guitar garage punk kind of sound and yeah that's why you know here and there i've been peppering them in on some of the episodes and i think
0: i I like it yeah these guys have a very interesting sound to them it's like the yeah like you were saying the fuzz tone and the uh you know the distorted guitars on there it kind of has that detroit vibe to it right but their whole disposition and just the way they presented themselves with you know their (laughs) their titles that they have here like mayonnaise fucking elbow <laughs> it just reminds me of like how the toy dolls in the 80s were just kind of taking all of the stuff that came before them with the punk scene you know the first wave of punk and was just making fun of the whole thing <laughs> so that's what these guys remind me of it's like uh, the toy dolls meets uh, uh like the mc5 or something <laughs>
1: Well, that's cool. It's a cool band. Uh, Definitely check them out. Like I say, the goddamn gun-toting junkie Camaro enthusiasts (laughs) came out June 14th. So if you're digging what you heard off of Makeout Mountain, which is Mayonnaise Elbow, then go check out that (laughs) one as
0: well. They have a Bandcamp page. Go check it out. It's illiterates. I'm pretty sure that's just an excuse to say, you have some white stuff on your weenus. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
1: All right, this time of the show, we're going to talk about bands who are touring. So first off, last episode, talked a little bit about Harrington Saints. I'm going to throw that out there again. And I'm going to uh, – Eric and I are going to do an interview coming up, also coming out. Totally separate episode, but we're going to throw it out tonight because Daryl and the boys are coming to town to make a lot of noise. Yes, indeed they are. If you, if you understand that, it means you've heard a Thousand Pounds of Boy. That was their new album. Anyway, they're going to be here in town. Uh, They're doing a show in San Diego on Friday. They're doing Salt Lake City here at Bottoms Up on Saturday. Get out there. Join us at the show, everybody. The boys are going to be there. It's only $10. We're going to talk about more on that in the next episode. But the band we're going to talk about touring this time is Rancid. They're going to be here Friday. Never heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) This weekend in Salt Lake City, you have Rancid and Pennywise on Friday night together. And R- Iron Reagan. Iron Reagan. And English. English Beat. Yes. So four great bands right there all together on Friday night. And then uh, next night we still have a great show. So get out. Uh, if you were lucky enough, on the 24th, they sold tickets for 24 bucks
0: to this show. I bought mine, I think, when they were 30 bucks or 30 whatever. <sighs> I bought mine when they were 40 something oh, and really? I bought two of them. Which, which amounted out to about a hundred bucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think mine. You're right. I think it was like thirty something. But after you add all the fees and shit that they charge, oh it was, the came things. to over forty bucks. But if you go to this Harrington Saints show, show up at the door and pay ten bucks.
0: Yeah, you'll get a yeah, you'll get so a better deal. <laughs> get out there
1: to the Harrington Saints show. They don't. Uh, they're not touring all the time. I feel like, uh, and I'm going to say this on the episode. I feel like the, the nerdy boy, the, the the hot chick picked right because the Harrington Saints they don't get out all the time. But they're coming to Salt Lake. They picked Salt Lake. They could have went yeah. anywhere. They could have went somewhere else. But Salt Lake City, they picked us to come to. Let's get out and support and go watch
0: it. And you're going to have a great time anyway. Seriously, it's like you're, you're halfway between Denver and Reno. Just just cut that time in half. Play a show in Salt Lake. There you it'll, go. It'll be easier.
1: Well, they're going to hit San Diego Friday, Salt Lake on Saturday. Just the two shows, and then next month they'll be doing uh, Rock the Ship. Tune in to the special episode coming up. In the meantime, we're talking about Rancid. So Rancid, they're going to be at the Union Event Center this Friday. We talked about the bands they're playing with. They're going to be at the House of Blues in Las Vegas on the 26th. On the 28th, they're going to be in Colorado. On the 29th, Colorado, both at the Ogden Theater there in Denver. One of those shows is sold out. Let's see. It is the one on the 28th in Colorado. It's already sold out. That's why they're doing the two shows. This actual tour started on the 14th. They were in Pittsburgh. They did Worcester, Massachusetts. And then the Toronto show was sold out on the 17th. 18th was Detroit. 19th, Cleveland. 21st, Baltimore. 22nd, in Philly. And then they're off since then until they do the Vegas show this week. So hopefully you're able to tune in. Those other shows had Angel Dust, Turnstile, Aquabats, Suicidal Tendencies, so hopefully you're able to check out some of those. The only bands that are at every single show, Rancid and
0: Pennywise. Yep. Which makes sense because they, they've they been around about as long.
1: Right? <laughs> both great bands. I'm looking forward to uh, two great shows this weekend. Uh, the Rancid one for sure. Pennywise. I've seen them both. Punk Rock Bowling last year and the year before. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've never seen the English Beat. Looking forward to that one. You saw yep, Iron same. Reagan this
0: year, didn't you? I did. I at saw PRB. I, yeah, I saw him at PRB opening up for the Exploited. Right. And yeah, also saw Rancid this year as well. Tried to catch as much of their set as I as I could. Yeah. Because with the with the two stages going back and forth, I was I think I was watching the end of Street Dogs. Maybe. Right. Or. Something like that. Uh, something like that. I, can't. I was
1: going back and forth, too, and I stayed until the encore. When the encore was coming, I had to hit it to the club show. I didn't want to be late for the club show. Yeah. said a club show. So I'll stick around for the encore this time if they do it.
0: Yeah, and I'll be there on time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rancid. So we're going to play one. Uh, an Outcome the Wolves. I picked an Outcome the Wolves. I haven't played this track on the show before. We played a shit ton of Rancid. We did some Rancid episodes. We played a lot of Rancid. That, and Out Come the Wolves, 19 tracks, so awesome.
0: 19 tracks, and they're all good.
1: Everyone, this was that transition for me, high school, uh, well, it was junior high, really. It was ninth grade, just came out, and I was transitioning from the music I listened to then, which wasn't great not worth talking about, into <laughs> this style of music. I love it. One yeah. of my favorite albums of all time is this album, "Outcome
0: Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's a huge album. Yes, and even especially by punk standards. Absolutely. This like was up there with like "Smash" and "Dookie" as one of the biggest albums that came out of that time, right?
1: Well, this one is "The Way I Feel." Yeah. Fourth, uh they do that so frequently tim and lars uh yeah. even on some tracks you get matt doing it as well which is great I love matt's vocals such a a different contrast to the other guys yeah
0: he's got a bit more of that uh raspy drawl right
1: in there, that, go check out charger eh. or devil's brigade either of those okay, yeah. if you're into that
0: but yeah, uh, Lars and Tim, I feel I feel like in this record, even more so than Let's Go, they perfected their vocals, You know, the back and forth between them.
1: Is that the way you feel?
0: Yeah, that is the <laughs> way I feel. That's the way I feel about you, Lars and Tim. Uh,
1: that was the last track on the album. One of the reasons why I picked it is because it was the last track on the album, and that album is so good, so many tracks. It's not like they're one-minute tracks either. They're, they're two-minute tracks, granted. But yeah. still, <laughs> there's so much on there awesome such a great album uh, i'm looking forward to it i have no idea if that's going to be a track they play but they could play that whole album and i'd be happy and they've got eight other
0: ones to choose from i did see rancid at uh, punk rock bowling when they played that entire album front to back
1: well that was what like three years ago something <laughs> yeah like that. it was
0: it was about that was like the second time we went to punk rock bowling and it it was amazing. It was
1: probably 2015. <laughs> it was the 20-year anniversary, I bet.
0: Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was the 20-year anniversary. That would make sense. I yeah. think Dropkick
1: Murphys was doing something similar that year, yep. too.
0: Do or die. Yep. They did do or die. Yes. Yeah. Well,
1: let's go into some great cover-to-cover albums. If you're in Salt Lake on Friday, go see Rancid. And if you're in Salt Lake on Saturday, definitely get out and go see Harrington Saints.
0: Yes. Yes, do so. <laughs> you don't want to miss either. No. No, no,
1: great bands. Uh, First great cover-to-cover album. We're we're only doing one, actually, great cover-to-cover album. haven't really mentioned it much since the beginning. Got an interview coming up. Jeff Berman, Divided Heaven, also in Protagonist. We talk more about Divided Heaven, and we're going to play some Divided Heaven tracks here in just a moment. But before
0: we do that, let's get into your great cover-to-cover album. Yeah, so so last week I did the final album from uh, 7 Seconds. I kind of talked about how it was... We didn't know it was going to be the last one from that group. And, you know, then they broke up a few years afterwards. But this one is the album Don't Wait Up by the hardcore band Bane. And this was the last album they released, uh, same year, funnily enough, 2014. And they went on this huge, extravagant farewell tour that went about almost two years. And that was kind of an inside joke of the hardcore community, was like, yeah, Bane's never going to break up, they're just going to do a farewell tour for the rest
3: of their lives.
0: (laughs) Because, yeah, every time I saw them, there's like, final show in Salt Lake, and then they had two more shows in Salt Lake after that, because I I guess they were just trying to like uh, really give people a chance to see Bane one last time, and uh, that's how I felt, because the first time they came through on their farewell tour, I missed them, I had to work that night, and I couldn't get it off, and I was bummed, because I'm like, I'll never get to see these guys again, but... I managed to see them twice on two separate occasions in two separate cities. I saw them uh, in Salt Lake in, uh, in 2015. It was my first time seeing them at the Loading Dock. Oh. Yep. And then I saw them a year later when they were doing, like, the final leg of the North American tour. I think they just finished up uh, their European farewell tour. And they were playing in Phoenix. And my friend and I were down there. Uh, basically, seeing some friends, but we're also like, hey, you know what? Let's go and see Bane, <laughs> you know, one awesome. last time. And that was, that too was just a fun show. They're super great, fun live band. And uh, I know that some of the members are still active in the music scene. I know Aaron Bedard, the singer, he's got a new band uh, or has had one. I haven't heard much from him, and I can't remember their name. <laughs> Forgot to do that part of the research on my on my part.
1: (laughs) You can do that now. Let's uh, listen. Listen to the first track. What's the first one you picked?
0: First one I picked was uh, Park Street Um, from this album. There's a lot of great tracks on here. Like uh, let's see, the Calling Hours was one of them. What awaits us now? Lost at Sea and Wrong Planet, which was like a very uh, different uh, different style that Bane took. But the one that I picked was Park Street because it was just it just reminded me of what Bane was best at doing just creating just straight fucking crazy hardcore songs with a bit of a post-hardcore edge to it a little bit of ambient guitars and some you know, some atmosphere added to them which is what made Bane so unique in the hardcore spectrum and honestly I felt this track was kind of underrated and yeah let's shed some light on it here it goes <laughs>
1: So I'm gonna start letting this one play. This is a longer one. It's the last track on the album, right?
0: Yes. So and this it's is fitting enough because it's called "Final Backwards Glance," right? That's <laughs> everything fitting. Like uh, this album, everything about it just screams a band that is just saying, "This is it for us. <laughs> this is it for Bane." You know the album, "Don't Wait Up." You know, we're not coming back anytime soon. So just you can sleep. You know, well, they're from Morster. Uh, I looked up, so the singer is now the
1: singer for the band Antagonize. That's right. So they're a hardcore band from Boston. Same place, probably, right? Worcester, Boston, pretty close. Same place? Oh,
0: uh, Probably. Massachusetts is a small state, so. It is. I'm not
1: trying to say they're the same city for all you folks that live in those areas. I'm just saying the same general location. Yeah northeast yes (laughs) northeastern hardcore so check out antagonize if you're digging this uh they put out some releases in 18 and in 19 so they have new stuff to check out new band to watch again this is off of the don't wait up and what was the track one more time final
0: backwards glance Finality. Oh, just that it's so much more encapsulating when you hear it live and everyone piles up in the end to scream those lyrics, you know, This is my final back words glance. Just people piling on top of each other and it was constant. It was just coming in waves. It's awesome. It wild.
1: This is it the last song of the show?
0: Uh no, actually, it was the first song. Oh really? Night. The yeah, the last time I saw him in Phoenix, it was the that was the first one, and then they close out the set with uh, "Can We Start Again." Okay, this is another great Pylon song.
1: I like the the reverse there. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, but it's a great one. Final backwards glance. We'll miss you, Bane.
1: <laughs> well, that Bane. Next up, we're gonna do "Divided Heaven" again. Jeff Berman did an interview with him. We're gonna talk about "Divided Heaven." That's going to come up. We're going to play a track first, then we'll play another track after. A bunch of cool stuff from this band. Cold War, that's the tracks we're going to play from, is from the album Cold War. came out July 20th. They're currently out on tour, uh, playing a bunch of shows. They were in Detroit last week. Jeff took some time right before the show to call me from the hotel. Uh, We talked. They're from L.A. You're going to find out all this stuff. Uh, In the interview coming up, let's listen to the first track and the first track we're going to play. Home for the summer, again, off of Cold War. Enjoy, then enjoy the interview. joining me from Divided Heaven, Jeff Berman. Jeff, thank you for joining. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time. You're out on tour right now, band being from LA, but you're joining me from your hotel there in Detroit because tonight, uh, the 17th, you guys are going to be playing at the Garden Bowl there in Detroit. You have a ton of shows coming up. Uh, How many have you played so far?
3: We've been out for a little over a week um, and I I played a couple. The band joined me, so I think this is show number 9 or 10.
1: Awesome. With the shows that you've already played, any outstanding crowds, anything uh, worth mentioning right now out of the ordinary?
3: Last night, Monday night, Columbus, Ohio was great, and we have never played there. I played there with previous bands, and we always did really well but I, I did the douchey thing of saying into the microphone during our set, hey, does anyone remember my old band, the Boyles, when we used to play at Bernie's? And and nobody remembered. <laughs> uh, so it was it was cool that it was a totally new crowd that was there to see us. And it was great. I mean, it was spectacular for a Monday, but it was a great show nonetheless. That's been really good. Kansas City was good. Lansing, Michigan was, was excellent. So, yeah, we've, we've had some good shows so far.
1: It's nice when you can have those good shows on the weekdays because uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure you know, and I, I've seen personally uh, at shows that I've been to, sometimes some of those weeknight shows are tough to get a, a decent-sized crowd to.
3: Yeah, we kind of enact a rule on tour being that we don't like to take days off unless it's absolutely necessary. So we don't have any days off for this whole run. And so, you know, trying to book Mondays and Tuesdays and Sundays can be difficult. Right. But we made it work.
1: That's awesome. Are there any shows coming up? You know, uh, the home away from home, as it were. You you know, uh, we'll get into more of some of the bands you've been in. But you mentioned the Boyles, uh, Philadelphia Band. Your band, Divided Heaven, is an L.A.-based band, right? Correct. So, Is there, you know, I I assume L.A., you get a good turnout. I'm sure you got tons of friends and family and people that are going to come out, maybe out in Philly. Philly. Is there anywhere specific that you go to and you just get a large crowd? It's like the home away from home.
3: I would say Washington, D.C., first and foremost, because I went to college there and I played in bands there. There isn't much residual interest in Divided Heaven left over from the Boyles days in terms of that fan base. Okay. I think Divided Heaven is just too different. Um and you know, there are some, um, but it's it's few and far between. Um, you know, considering how popular the Boyles were, um, kind of, you know, at their peak, uh or at our peak when I was in that band. Uh, but Washington comes to mind, New York City as well.
1: Yeah. Well you have those shows coming up. You got a Brooklyn show coming up uh Saturday. That's probably gonna be a good yeah.
3: turnout. Yeah, we're excited about that.
1: That's awesome. Uh, You know, a lot of the interview, I'm going to talk about divided heaven, but I'll talk briefly about some of these other bands that you've been into. And, and uh, you you pointed out what I would bring up too, the the little bit different sounds. So with divided heaven first, uh, you know, you're here joining me, but also in the band, uh, Derek and Nick, how'd you guys come together as divided heaven?
3: Well, full disclosure, Derek's not in the band anymore. He was in the band for a year. And, gotcha. Uh, we love him, and he's great. He's moved on. And Nick and I have been playing together, you know, off and on since 2014. Divided Heaven began as a solo project for me, and I still do quite a significant amount of solo touring. But when we do full band stuff, you know, it's, it's really kind of focused around myself and Nick. Okay. Occasionally I, I bring another drummer into the mix, uh, like we'll be doing for Fest this year. But yeah, it's been off and on since 2014. The full band, Divided Heaven, Incarnation, has been Nick and I with a few different bass players.
2: Oh, cool.
1: Well, that's awesome. Uh, your your first release was Ar- Arrival City in 2012, so that was prior to bringing on the, the full band, as it were, for the, the Youngblood release. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's correct. You know, it was just, it was kind of out of necessity, because while recording Blood, many of those songs became full band songs, and the recording process was just kind of led by intuition and curiosity, so the producer, Charlie Stavish, and I would just kind of follow, you know, if, if, if our noses led to something being really stripped down and mellow and solo, that's how a song would end up, and if we felt like it needed full band instrumentation and that's how it was. So from the Arrival City chapter and subsequent album cycle to the Young Blood time period, um you know, there had to be a shift to becoming a full band divided heaven at least part of the time.
1: Well, I'm sure it's you know, if you have your own vision of being a solo guy, maybe it's easier. Uh, you don't have to worry about people having something completely different and maybe changing something that you had envisioned into something you didn't want. Uh, but at the same time, it, it might be nice to collaborate. And you've been in numerous bands, so maybe you've had both ends uh, of that, uh, the the collaboration, the good and the bad. Oh, yeah,
3: for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, No comment, but yes. Fair
1: yeah. enough. All right. So, uh, you know, we've been listening to the – and when I say we, I mean me and Chris. Uh, Chris, you did the show – uh, he's kind of on a hiatus at the moment, hopefully he'll be joining me here before too long. But anyway, back in October of 2017, one of our earlier on episodes, it was our episode 17.5, so it was one where we did, uh, you know, kind of a catch-up of a bunch of new things that were out. We played Divided Heaven track, we played "We." so we've been listening to you guys for uh, at least a little while. You know, we, we started the show actually in 2017, so it was just uh, not too long afterwards. But uh, since then, you've released your album, Cold War, which you released on Wiretap Records and Paper and Plastic Records. So that came out just this last year. I guess it's just over a year old now. It's July 20th of 2018. Uh, Since then, you put out a single generator, which you you did the the proceeds to the the charity, the Los Angeles LGBT Center. That's pretty
3: awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. You know, it's important for us um and they're a great organization you know not just for you know the lgbt community but also primary, perhaps primarily now because of how los angeles is in such a housing crisis sure LG- lgbt uh, homeless youth as well they do a lot for them so um you know we just wanted to give a little bit back around the holiday season and, and do that for them
1: that's awesome uh, to kind of transition into the other band you play, and on that same note, uh, you also play currently with the band. So some of these other bands are bands you played in, just as you mentioned with the Boils. But with uh, Protagonist, uh, you guys are doing uh, charity. So the proceeds from your merch sales, October, November, are going to go to a charity there in you know Southern California. Tijuana, Mexico area. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that as well?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of along the same lines, you know. Like We, as as grown men, you know, we are very fortunate in that we lead and live comfortable lives and we view the privileges that we've had in life um, as, you know, straight white, hetero males to use that as an opportunity to help people that uh, are different than us because in the end they're not different than us and you know we are firm in our stance that Donald Trump is a fascist sure and his policy at the border the southern border is a fascist policy that needs to be eradicated and the manner in which our government and our government agencies are treating people at the southern border uh is horrendous and it's and it's sickening so it's just a drop in the bucket, but it helps us feel less helpless, if that makes sense. And, yeah. And, you know, it's what we sing about. So it's, it's really not – it's not a jump for us to want to do something like this. It's just sometimes difficult to feel like you're making any sort of connectivity to getting out of that that ditch of, of, of helplessness or hopelessness. Right. And uh, so that this was just something – you know, protagonists has kind of been in a drought in terms of releasing new music. Um, it's, it's been a while since we've had a new proper record But we've had these B-sides That we had been sitting on And we got them remixed and remastered And they kicked ass And we're happy to, to get it out there And try to do some good As opposed to just having it be A, a flat release of a new song That you know people may like Or, or might not like We want to give something uh, Powerful and provocative And interesting And also helpful
1: Right. I just did an interview this last week with Pete. Uh, we briefly talked about the same stuff, and then you guys, uh, Generation Lost. Uh, by the time this interview's out, it's coming out this Friday, which would have been just this last week by the time the interview's out, but it's really cool. The The release is supposed to be out, what, October, November, and so the proceeds during that window, uh, you know, hopefully everybody get out there and support, but that's a really cool cause. And even if Things are a drop in the bucket. It's one of those where somebody sees and maybe it prompts others to do, you know, something like that or even to the same
3: charities. Yeah, and at the very least, it's better than not doing anything. Absolutely. And that's the conclusion we reached is that we're in a position, a very small position, albeit, but we're in a position to do some good and to raise some money. So we wanted to do it. And the same applies to, you know, the idea behind Divided Heaven doing a charity single as well.
1: That's awesome. That's cool that uh, with both bands that you were able to do that. With Protagonist, you have some stuff coming up. It looks like you have Fest as well with Divided Heaven. Does that mean you have Double Duty?
3: You know it, man. You
1: know it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, we talked about, uh, I, I talked a lot with Pete, obviously, about Protagonist on the last uh, interview that I did. So with you, you've also been in The Boils. You were in New Jersey hardcore band The Rights, Washington, D.C. hardcore band VPR, and uh, also a band out of Pennsylvania, out of Lancaster, the, the Static. So you've been in bands from all over the place. Where are you from specifically since you've been in these bands that are from, you know, L.A., from Florida, from Washington, D.C., from New Jersey, from Philly? Yeah,
3: well, you know, that's the beauty of punk rock and hardcore, at least as a vibrant subculture, is that. You know, you meet people from other scenes and the connectivity between you is w- what helps it thrive and, right. and increases that sprawl. I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I lived there until I was 18. And so when I was a teenager, I was in a couple of the bands. The one that really kind of established itself was the Statics. And then I moved to Washington, D.C. to go to college. And it was at that point that I joined the Boyles, who were a Philadelphia based band. And uh, I eventually joined VPR, which was based in DC, where I was living, and kind of pulling double duty. And um, then I wasn't in VPR anymore, and I joined the Wrights because they were friends of mine from New Jersey that needed a guitar player. And all through that, Protagonist was the band that all of my bands would play with, and they were the band that. I loved the most, both as a band and as people. I enjoyed touring with them and playing with them. So they became, you know, really, honestly, my best friend. That's awesome. And when they started having, you know, consistent bass player issues or, you know, bass player issues of inconsistency, you know, I became the guy that was filling in for anybody that couldn't do a tour or anybody that was flaking out as that tends to happen and so you know my that's my place in protagonist is not as significant as you know their place in my life as my friends you know Peter manages me but is also one of my best friends John um, was the best man at my wedding so that's much more important than me being a bass player in their punk band but it's kind of also an extension of that but divided heaven It was something that I kind of started when I was living in New York City, but it really took shape once I moved to Los Angeles. So, no, that's a really convoluted and long answer. But I tend to think of my life very geographically because I've lived in so many places where I've worked hard to establish roots. You know, I, I didn't move to these places to just sit on my couch and watch television or be uninvolved. I wanted to be involved in a community and be involved in music scenes wherever I was. And I've been fortunate in that I've had the opportunity to do that. And so for the last 11 years, which is crazy for me to think about, I've been, you know, uh, in Los Angeles and, and really focusing on Divided Heaven fully for the last uh, seven years.
1: So is Divided Heaven and then Protagonist the only things that you're currently active with?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got other things that are, you know, on the stovetop that are not even worth talking about because they're not named and, you know, but I've always got different ideas, cooking and different collaborative ideas going, but in terms of bands that are touring bands, yes, cool. divided heaven and protagonist.
1: Well, that's awesome. And I, you know, they obviously keep you both uh, busy, especially, Uh, being on so many different locations with the band protagonist and uh, going back to what you said, it's cool when they're such good friends, the guys in the bands, and that's what's first and foremost for you. But it's cool that you guys can have, you know, for the lack of a better term at the moment, a hobby together, you know, a a common thing that can just bring you together regularly to to be involved with.
3: Yeah, it's special. And we're aware of that. And it's it's special not because we're, we think we're the greatest band. It's special because we genuinely believe that, you know, each other are the best people. So a good show, a bad show, who gives a flying fuck? Like we're together and we're having a good time, you know, and, and that's really important because we do none of us live in the same areas. So we get to when we do get to get together and play these shows, It's it's meaningful. That's awesome.
1: That's really cool that you get the opportunity, and uh, really cool uh, how much you add out there, add to the community, add to the scene. That's it's really neat. With your your most recent album, Cold War, how's that been going? You know, you had a I, I see that there was an EP that was released after the the Cold War Hangover came out this year in May, and I had some acoustic tracks from Cold War. Uh, you know, tell me about the, the, your more recent releases.
3: Well, Cold War was really a labor of love. Quite a long time see the light of day as a release we started writing those songs in 2015 and really demoing them that year it took shape really in 2017 because we were working with a producer named charlie stavish who's a good friend of ours he was touring in ryan adams band for a few years and so they were busy you know they had their own touring cycle and they had their own super busy schedule so We were kind of working with Charlie within his downtime, which was becoming increasingly less and less and less, which kind of put our record on the back burner for a while. And, you know, once the songs really came to fruition and it was mixed and mastered, it it took a little bit of time to find labels to work with to put it out. We're very uh, excited and thankful that we ended up working with Rob at Wiretap and, and Vinny at Paper and Plastic, which I, I think was a great fit for the record. You know, it, 2019 is a, is a weird time to be releasing music. I don't know anybody that has a surefire plan on what to do. Everybody has ideas on how to release music, but nobody has a guaranteed, you know, version of what they think will bring them success. Sure. Right? And <laughs> You know, for, for us, a record that's a year old is not old, but in the eyes and ears of Casual fans and, and younger fans, and, and you know, especially in the Spotify world, it might as well be, you know, ancient history. So, we did the Cold War Hangover EP as a follow up, but also as a way to kind of ex- extend this album cycle and breathe some new life into it with some new versions of the songs and some new, beautiful, really interesting, and powerful artwork. And, um, you know, I, I think in that terms, it's, it's been a success for us. You know, we're on our third, you know, loop around North America supporting this record. So we're we're really we're really pleased with this, with how it's come out. And the fact that the, the the album has done well enough to have the legs that it, it has had.
1: Well, speaking of the the loop that you're doing, you have a bunch of a great shows you know, lined up, Good, cool locations, it's it's awesome, I, I love to hear and talk about bands, get to go around tour, I mean, you get to go see the country, the world, and you get to do something you enjoy while, while you're doing it, and you, tomorrow, it looks like you're going to be Toronto, and then some places you have coming up, you're going to be in Asbury Park in uh, New Jersey, Somerville, Massachusetts, Brooklyn, New York, you're going to be in New Haven, Wildwood, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Lancaster, then Washington, D.C. on Friday the 27th, Pittsburgh on the 28th, so a couple of cool cities for the weekend. Chicago on the Sunday. And so, yeah, you're going all over the place, uh, a bunch of more yeah, places. Yeah. Milwaukee, Davenport, uh, Lincoln, Denver, Rock Springs, Wyoming, even. Uh, how'd you land on heading to what Rock Springs, Wyoming? Because compared to a lot of these other cities you have on, the Rock Springs is considerably smaller. That's a Friday night show.
3: Yeah, because. Your city is one of the most difficult cities to book for young, independent DIY bands. Is it? Uh, Salt Lake it's City has been so, uh, yeah. It's just at every moment, I, you know, I. I we well, see. We can talk about that off the air. But yeah, Salt Lake City has been uh, disappointingly difficult for us for years, and um, we ran into a good crew of people. We have on really great shows in Western Wyoming in a couple of the small towns out there, and the shows are always great. So cool. We just we head there instead of Salt Lake, man. So it goes.
1: No, you got to go where it works for you, and uh, you know. So if it's Rock Springs, Wyoming, that's awesome. Uh, just yeah. so many bigger cities. I mean, that Rock Springs, Wyoming, sandwiched between Denver and Las Vegas. <laughs> Those are yeah far far bigger. Uh, that Tui's off Colfax. A ton of shows end up there. Uh, You guys will be playing at the Evil Pie on Saturday, October 5th in Las Vegas. That's over there on Fremont Street. It's a cool place. They do uh, punk rock bowling shows over there at the Evil Pie uh, as well. So a lot of cool stuff. And then you'll be heading back into California, doing a bunch of California shows before you head to Florida to do some pre-fest and fest shows. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We We got a busy
3: month ahead of us.
1: Yes. So what do you do? Uh, you know you're, you're traveling from place to place I'm sure you, you know one drawback and I mention it all the time uh, something that sucks about Salt Lake is that we're kind of in the middle you know if you're touring along the north of the country or you're dropping down the coast or you're heading down south Salt Lake's just in one of those spots that it's hard to you know kind of come up from you hit Las Vegas it's only four hours to Phoenix as opposed to go six hours up to Salt Lake, and then if you're going Boise, that's a six-hour drive, and Reno is like an eight-hour drive, and it's eight hours to Denver. So there's a lot of places, that, but they're all far, pretty far drives. So a lot of these other places, especially when you're uh, out there on the, the East Coast, a lot smaller drives from day to day. What do you guys do to occupy your time when you hit those cities?
3: I mean, we're simple creatures. You know, if we figure out where we're staying, we get there. Um, we try to get some food that's not shit food you know something (laughs) that's somewhat healthy a lot of times we'll just kind of go to a cool i don't mean like cool cool but i mean literally a shaded area where we can park the van that's safe and take a nap run errands you know we we got we always got stuff to do you know whether it's printing something out for the border crossing or getting merch shipped to us you know there's there's really not a whole lot of downtime when you run a band completely DIY so there's there's always work that needs to be done whether it's on the phone or on the computer or at the Kinko's you know so when when we do actually have downtime we spend it relaxing and and kind of taking care of ourselves as opposed to doing a lot of museums or touristy things like that
1: sure and you've been around uh, you've played in bands I'm sure a lot of these cities it's not the first time you've been to it I've been to Vegas I go to Vegas a couple times a year And I don't gamble. I don't hardly do anything there. All the things that people go to Las Vegas for, uh, I was over that after like the first or second time. I just go for whatever I happen to be going for and doing that just as if it was any other city or even my hometown here.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you should change that. I mean, we do go crazy in Vegas, but everywhere else we're we're good boys and we get done what we need to get done. Uh,
1: That's awesome. I'm sure there's a lot going on, especially – uh, you know, some bands are able to, you know, with working out schedules and stuff like that, they're able to do, like, weekend tours or maybe a week or two weeks. And you guys are doing a bit more extensive, so I'm sure there's a lot going on, just like you talked about. Uh, you can't bring, I'm sure, the entire amount of merch that you're going to want, so you're going to have to, you know, get get pick it up as you go. Um, if you have, uh, I've interviewed other bands and some of them bands that you're going to play with fall through or venues fall through or something like that may pop up. So I'm sure there's always plenty to do. And then yeah, rest, it, it could take a lot out of you driving. And if you eat a shit diet, that makes you feel even worse. So that's awesome that you guys are, you know, trying to keep yourself going, keep yourself in the shade, rested, eating better.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh it's not vacation. And we don't like touring with people that treat it like vacation. You know, we, we learned that lesson a long time ago. We talk about this frequently, that if touring was a book, it's a book that Nick has read, You know, our current bass player has read, I've read it, and we've definitely toured with some people who maybe they bought the book, but they never read it, or they got halfway through the first chapter, and it you know been sitting on their figurative nightstand in their brain for the last three years, and they don't know how to carry themselves. They don't know how to conduct themselves if they get sick, or they don't know how to you know, just be ready for what happens. And so it's work, you know, we, it's, it sounds dull, but as much as we love Motley Crue, we are not Motley Crue. So <laughs> when we're on tour, we, we treat it like a job and we take it seriously. And we, we, and try to build upon the idea of longevity so that when when we come back, it's it's better, and the place is better off having had us play as opposed to not.
1: So when they do a documentary about your band, it's not going to be called Dirt? No, it's probably going
3: <laughs> to be called that shitty feeling you have when you hate taking naps, but you end up falling asleep by accident, and you wake up, and you're groggy. That's the, <laughs> the biography of Divine Heaven.
1: <laughs> what is... What else do we need to know about Divided Heaven? We talked a little bit about your releases. Tell me, you know, what what tracks are are regulars uh, at your guys' shows? What are tracks that, besides the tracks that people are going to hear, uh, we're going to play a couple on this episode, what are some tracks that people should check out? I mean, I'm sure as a band, you write everything and you enjoy everything, otherwise you wouldn't put it out. But, you know, not everything makes the set list. So what are some of those tracks that are you know, regulars when you play live.
3: Yeah, for this set, uh, uh, for this summer, we kind of mixed it up a little bit and threw some stuff in there that we had not done for years, mixed with you know the the new Cold War staples. You know, so I would say our song 1983 is the most popular, at least with us. You know, the title track Cold War is also a new staple to us. The song We that you mentioned earlier is a definite staple. The song You Will Never Get Rid of This has become our most popular song which is great and then the daughters and the son which is another song off of cold is that's our closer I mean, it was our closer before it was out and then now that the record's out it's been emboldened as the closer that much more what do you guys
1: what, what's the plans for the future for the band i know it's kind of started as a, a solo thing for you but uh, you and nick kind of are, are doing it now this is your your primary band uh some of the other stuff you have like you said they're, they're on the stovetop there but this is this is your focus so what's what's the plans for the future what what do you see where do you see divided heaven in five years ten years oh i thought you were
3: gonna say five minutes i was gonna say in five minutes we're leaving the hotel to go to the venue i know that for sure <laughs> yes it's in, uh in it's five getting close years, in five years i don't know my guess is that we'll be involved with music in some form but it, it's impossible to know i uh I, i'm not thinking too far ahead about five years um you know we have a new record that is written, and we're going to start recording it next month, but we don't know. You know, we're not really sure what we want to do with the exception that we don't want to do what we've already done before. We want to do something different. We want to record at different studios. We want to record with different people, and we want to do something that is original for us to do. And, you know, when you're a band like ours, it's easy to go back to the same producer, go back to what's familiar and kind of stick with what you know. But the only thing we agree on is that we want to do something new and different and showcase Divided Heaven in a different spotlight. What that means specifically, I could not tell you.
1: We'll find out when it comes. Exactly. (laughs) You've played in a variety of sounds, uh, you know, hardcore bands up to uh, divided Heaven, definitely different styles of punk rock there. Do you have other styles? Do you see yourself uh, you know, progressing or moving or evolving or whichever way you want to view it into other styles of punk rock just as you have from the hardcore bands into Divided Heaven?
3: Uh, unequivocally, no. Uh, divided Heaven will not become more of a punk band or a hardcore band or a ska band or anything like that. Those styles of music, although I love them, do not interest me at all as a songwriter anymore. At least at this point. Okay. What I what I have enjoyed about divided heaven is that our catalog is very diverse. You know, I think from the first record, which was a solo record, kind of on one end of the spectrum so to speak and then you know we mentioned the song we earlier which is from an EP we did called Pacific Avenue. I think that that's the other end of the spectrum where it's kind of got this bouncing souls vibe to it, you know, anti flag kind of vibe to it. I don't want to push the uh, the pendulum any further in that direction. I think that was a good bumper limit for us if if that makes sense. Sure. And and I the reason we were so pleased and, and we love and we're so proud of Cold War is because we felt like we struck a really happy medium that resonated with with our listeners and our fans that had a little bit of everything on that record but still felt cohesive so the next record you know if you ask Nick he might have a different answer but for me I kind of have it in mind as being a little bit more straightforward indie rock that's just a little bit more well balanced and great lyrics and, and uh, interesting parts, you know, I, I, maybe kind of along the lines of you know the song The Daughters and the Sons, which we did on Cold War, something that that has a little bit more of a uh, a well roundedness that doesn't have the edge that maybe punk rock has. I don't know, but you know, it's like even as I'm saying it, I don't know if I sound like I'm trying to convince you, like I know what the hell I'm talking about, or I'm trying to convince myself of you know whatever. the the only thing we know for sure is that we don't want to repeat what we did Right. and I think that each release we've done has been very different you know with the exception of the singles because those are all tied to the records of course but the EPs have all been kind of weird the records have been not so weird but very different from each other we kind of view the roadmap going in a direction that's a more refined version of, of kind of what we're doing and On top of that, you know, I think we tour so much that we play these songs so much that they kind of take a life on their own that's a little bit different. So by the time the record comes out, the version that you're hearing is different than the version that we've been playing live for six months or a year or something. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that happens for a lot of bands, and that's something we want to try to avoid. So we kind of just want to write it, map it out, record it, mix it, master it, release it in a faster turnaround so that the the impulse and the excitement and the adrenaline and the fear and the mistakes that that you make in that baby process of crafting songs and writing songs um may i think that might be the new you know north star that we kind of follow in in the process for LP.
1: that's cool that's awesome And you're looking what do you think you know, I'm not trying to pin you down to a time, but uh, for, for everybody who's looking forward to what you guys have to come, they know something's coming. When do you think? Uh, next year, year after?
3: No, definitely. I think a year from now. Okay. Fall of 2020 is, is when we're slated to really sit, and the label was cool with that, so that's what we're going to try to do.
1: Perfect. <laughs> uh, are you planning on tours You know, after this one kind of dies down, the, the shows that you'll be doing into November? You guys are going to take a break? You're looking at doing more, or are you going to wait till closer to when the, the, the next album comes out?
3: Well, we're pretty busy throughout the rest of the year. And then next year, it looks like we're doing a few longer tours in Europe and awesome. maybe a little less in the States. So that's kind of the plan. But, you know, we're going to start recording the record in... Uh, october next month we're gonna try a new producer and just kind of see how that goes and if it goes well then i think we're gonna record record in january um the songs are ready it's just you know we need a little bit of nuance and pace with it but uh i don't think next year will be as busy as this year was or certainly not as busy as 2018 was but you know looking ahead to 2021 who knows at that point right (laughs) who knows (laughs) you know um we we would like to have a record out we'd like to um really focus on that new record uh, starting next fall and have that be the start of the new cycle. We'll see what happens. Cool. You never know.
1: Changing up yeah. the, the playlist for the the shows, right, because you have the new stuff.
3: Exactly. That's awesome.
1: Well, I know you got to get to your show. I don't want to hold you up much longer. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, oh, you know, thank We kind of went so over much. all those yeah. dates. You have so much going on. Uh, everybody out there listening, get out to – uh, DividedHeaven.com, and you can see all the different tour dates. A bit more of the information uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You guys are at Divided Heaven. Uh, you're on Spotify. You're on YouTube. You have a Bandcamp page. It's a uh, DividedHeavenBandcamp.com. Where else should people? Is there anywhere else? I shouldn't even imply that there should be more. That's a lot. But is there anywhere else people should be looking for Divided Heaven?
3: We're everywhere, man. You can't not find us. I know you. You, you are you everywhere. You Google us, you find it. Yeah, DividedHeaven.com, at dividedheaven across every single streaming and social media platform. We're there. We're easy to find, and we like to correspond with people. You know, um, kind of go back to one of your earlier questions. Something that we do is, you know, I talk to people. Like we're all good guys. You know, I'm married. Like we're not creeps we're not scouring the internet looking for chicks like we're <laughs> way beyond that we we like having genuine conversations with people about rock and roll or professional wrestling or cheesesteaks or whatever so you know we spend our days kind of corresponding with people that we know or people we don't know that we meet through social media and you know trying to make new friends and make this uh this world feel a little bit a little bit smaller and more manageable
1: well, I want to throw you out there then, and tell everybody that's uh, you heard all the dates. If they're coming to a town near you and you're going to go see him, hit hit up Jeff, hit up Nick, bug him, and go go meet him before the show starts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're probably going to be under a tree catching some shade, uh, and you can come find those guys there.
3: Yeah, don't be shy. We're we don't bite and uh, you know we're we're uh, we're nice gentlemen, and and we enjoy uh, we enjoy meeting and hanging with the locals. That's awesome. That's, yeah well thanks for having
1: me man absolutely thank you again uh we're going to get on to some more music uh hope you enjoy and best of luck on the rest of this tour and so forth again thank you for taking the time to talk with me about divided heaven and everything else all the other bands and everything else that you, you're doing and uh thank you for being uh, somebody who you know gives back charity uh oh, yeah thanks wh- for
3: thanks for mentioning that and thanks for you know thanks for uh supporting that and that means a lot to both myself and my bandmates and the protagonist family as well
1: absolutely go support it's great to support bands uh especially when they're trying to support the cause and uh go out and support these guys on tour that's how you get to see them on tour again let's go support them on tour that's right that's right. Well,
3: thanks, man. We, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time.
1: Absolutely. Until the next time, uh, here's some more music. jeff for joining me again i hope you enjoyed that interview that's divided heaven that track right there also off of cold war and the track is called 1983 not that uh not that old man it's uh, a little over years uh, july 20th they did release an ep called cold war hangover just like we discussed in, in the interview but that was may 17th of this year had some tracks on there that you know some acoustic tracks and stuff and then definitely go check out the generator single that they did all proceeds from that again uh went to the lgbt center there in los angeles uh this band divided heaven and protagonist both uh you know donating and getting into charity merch uh stuff all of that you know go I, i'm getting confused here are the words <laughs> but the point is is uh both those bands definitely you know, giving back, which is great. Uh, thanks to Jeff and uh, Nick as well. He wasn't there in the interview, but I hope the guys have a, a great rest of their tour. Hope to see them out in Salt Lake City. We talked about that uh, maybe at some point, and maybe we'll at least see Jeff with Protagonist at some point in the future here in Salt Lake.
0: Any final thoughts on the stuff before we get ready to wrap this up with some metal picks? Well, I got to say the information on uh, both of those tracks, uh, particularly in 1983, just soaring <laughs> right yeah it was like a, you know i wouldn't really categorize this as a, anything really punk or anything but i guess that's kind of the point because when you're playing in a punk band you want to play other music outside of that realm sure so that's what
1: that's exactly what jeff did i don't want to cut you off but jeff you know yeah. he was in other bands like the boils hardcore bands like rights uh vpr and uh the statics plus he's also in protagonist So he's been in a variety of bands, and you're right. You know, this is Mm -hmm. getting further away. And even said in the interview that he's kind of really, this band's really more indie rock or going more of that indie rock. Yeah,
0: that's what I hear a lot about it. Even even a bit more on the uh, power pop spectrum. Right? Because it's like, it's not very hard hitting, it's a bit more somber in that in that indie rock sort of way but it's catchy and it's like uh, it's got the melodies that really kind of stick in your brain right it's good <laughs> so gotta hand it to him great musicianship on there great songsmanship
1: yes 83 uh, the the track before there again that was home for the summer go check out Cold War go check out what divided Heaven does check out Jeff next up we're gonna wrap this show up with some metal picks your pick is
0: domination pantera yes you know
1: i think pantera you know there's somebody else i'm sure but i'm gonna say that i think what modern metal is is i think directly go back i mean pantera has been around since 1981 yeah right this is a far branch away from hair metal
0: yeah which is what they were in the 80s right (laughs) they were a yeah, they were definitely more glam power metal back then. But then, in the '90s, they just kind of uh, they changed their tone, changed their attitudes. Just basically said, you know what? Let's just get up on stage, play music that makes us come in clothes that makes us feel comfortable. Right. And they just really turned it up to 11, so to speak. And right. the that first album they released on Atco when they got signed, Cowboys from Hell. That's widely uh, <laughs> widely miscategorized as their debut album. It's not. It's like their, it's their fourth album. Right. But it is their major label debut <laughs> yes and it's the first album that really solidified Pantera's sound as like the groove metal style that we all came to know and love Right. and a lot of that is attributed to this song which I feel is like a, the best representation of how both Dimebag and Vinny Paul worked off of each other because I mean you hear in the verse you know Vinnie's just carrying the drums while uh, Dime and Rex are just chugging away just it's just open notes, but it's such a fucking stylized and memorable riff. You, you, you just kind of forget that it's just one note being played over and over again. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, you got Phil just doing his growls and just doing his thing. It's great on the album, but it's even cooler. You can find it on YouTube. but Find the live in Moscow version. It's just so much more powerful when you hear the live recording of it. That's awesome. My opinion. But it honestly is just a huge song.
1: Well, this is Domination of Cowboy's Mill.
4: And now laughter is reaching out in It's a penalty. Each race of a vice and each nail must might of your life. Grimper's to you. trick? you with by
0: Domination. How you up? so you gonna dominate? Right?
1: <laughs> Very thematic there.
0: I, I like, like it. it. Pantera's awesome. And just little just little additions like that. That little solo dime throws in the end there, just over those chugging riffs. It's just a little thing, but it does so much. Right? <laughs> goes a long way. And that was Pantera's shtick. Little goes a long way. Well, let's wrap this up.
1: The, the creators of New Metal put out a brand new album. Just last week, September. That's uh 13th right. so less than two weeks old here we're about 11 days out uh the album's called the nothing this track's called can you hear me i like it uh i love corn i, I really do i don't I listen to them a lot yet. but i was yeah. thought cool man they came out with something new i checked out some other stuff about a week ago I'm like yep i'm gonna play it on the show and in case you're curious on how many people like them Facebook's any indicator over 12 million people.
0: Jesus, that's a lot of people. Yep. You ever seen 12 million people? I bet you haven't, Right? right? I think I just barely met 12 million people. And I'm 25, so we'll see.
4: Choose, so it's so not...
0: Definitely calls back to a lot of their earlier stuff. Right? Yeah. Like, I kind of uh, fell off the corn train probably in the late 2000s. As, uh, I got into them because uh, when I was a teenager. I was getting in on the little on the, bit of the tail end of their height train. It was around 2005, 2006, like when See You on the Other Side and the Untitled album came out.
1: It's pretty much when New Metal died out, they say. Pretty much, yeah. The <laughs> mid-2000s
0: was when New Metal was kind of done, but... Honestly, Corn still kept trudging on, for better or for worse. Some would argue for worse. That Skrillex qu- crossover was questionable, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like they've been putting albums pretty consistently for the last ten years. I was surprised to see that meant that much in their discography, right? You know, and and I'm not surprised that they're still putting out music now. You know, so they definitely, you know, despite the fact that new metal did t- die out. Corn definitely has it. There's not. still plenty of fans out there. as hold, we just said, proud, yeah, 12 million fans, digital people liking yes. them, yeah. And they're still, yeah, you know, they're still touring, still making a lot of, still making a lot of noise. And yeah, this is the first, time, this is the first new Corn song I've heard in probably 10 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed. It. I hope everybody else did. That's "Can You Hear Me" off of the Nothing. Check them out. If you want to check out the rest of these bands, they're on Instagram at Tiger Army at School Drugs NJ for New Jersey at Never Learn Punk at Ursut Official that's U R S U T Official at Illiterates ATL at Rancid at Bane Central at Divided Heaven at Pantera Official at Corn Underscore Official at SLC Punkcast is the show. Eric, where can we find you?
0: You can find me on both Instagram and Facebook. My handles on Instagram are at scaryuncle underscore Eric ninety seven, and you can find me on Facebook uh, through Eric U Norris. You can find my bands and such at Anonymous Band Official on Instagram and at Suburban Hellkill also on Instagram. On Facebook, at Anonymous SLC and at Suburban Hellkill. And uh, some of the albums that we talk about, some of the songs we talk about in this show, I've reviewed for Slug Magazine, and you can find uh, the review of Ursut's album in full on slugmag.com. Just go into the search bar, type it in, and you'll see my words there.
1: <laughs> it might be Slug for Salt Lake Underground, but it's still relevant. There's a lot of great stuff that's relevant for anybody that wants to read into it, hence the interview, or not the interview, but the review you did.
0: Exactly, and you've done
1: interviews and other things that they're not specific to people or bands that you know people outside of Salt Lake haven't heard. Yes,
0: so but check it out. Check out Slug Bag. There's still people in Salt Lake who are reacting to music, whether it's local, national, or international. <laughs> On Facebook, you can find everybody at
1: Tiger Army, at School Drugs, at Never Learn Punk, at Yurset, Punk, at Illiterates, at Rancid, at Bane Central at Divided Heaven, at Pantera, at Corn shows at SLC Punkcast. You can find us, because you've already found us, but you can also find us on iTunes, at Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Play Music, on Player FM, slcpunkcast.com, wherever else you can probably find podcasts. Uh, You know, the Spotify one's fairly new, so you can check us out there, like I said. I hope you've enjoyed. Any final thoughts before we completely wrap up episode 118?
0: Well, I just hope people keep tuning in. I hope you, uh, uh, religious listeners, keep coming back. Hopefully, we haven't deterred you away. (laughs) And
1: uh, yeah, Always, always feedback. You know how to get a hold of us. We just told you. Get a hold of these bands, tell them what you think of their music. Until the next time,
0: play the fucking outro.